you are listening to the art of the matter hosted by arvind vijay mohan ladies and gentlemen welcome to art of the matter a show where we take you on a wild adventure through the indian art world art of the matter is presented by india's leading art intelligence firm artery india brought to you in partnership with the country's numero uno radio channel red fm In each episode we introduce you to some of the art world's most interesting personalities raise your knowledge bar on all that you need to know from this universe and answer any questions that you might have in regard with this fascinating domain and as always there's the artery conversations where we listen in on what the folks at work are discussing so without any further ado let's get this show rolling on today's episode we speak to the director of india's oldest art gallery that was established a full decade ahead of the country's independence in 1936 but interestingly it started as a stationery store that just as destiny would have it turned out to be a gallery that went on to represent the who's who of the indian art world uday jain the director of the gallery shares this and several such moments from his gallery's rich history it is an immense pleasure to have uh, with us uh, uday jain third generation gallerist who is actually now the custodian of uh, india's oldest art gallery before i welcome uday i'll i just like to give a little background for those who aren't familiar with the dhumimal brand dhumimal started in the year 1936 and is now in its 85th year of uh, of existence and has over nearly this this past century seen a tremendous evolution at various levels and of course has seen the turning tide of uh, the indian art market going through its highs and lows so that's a, it's it's a, it's a pleasure to have you um, uh, how are you doing uh, good arvin thank you for having me odey and i also have uh, have history in that uh, the first work of art that i bought was bought from uh, was bought from Dhumi Malad Gallery when I was uh, still a, a, a young person so uh, there is a there is a tremendous amount of fondness that i personally hold for the uh, for for the name Dhumi Mal so there i you know i was i was giving an introduction to the gallery and uh, it right. uh, its history is actually quite uh, quite fascinating so in the year 1936 uh, you know your grandfather uh, decides to you know open open india's first commercial art gallery as it were uh, correct so actually at that point of time it wasn't commercial art gallery in a sense like we were historically into the business of uh, printing and publishing mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather always had this love for art and artists so he would print monograms and of course uh, historically we were in chowdi bazaar there is still a lane by the name of dhumimal katra right. which still exists and uh, that was the old family house and he shifted to knot place in 1936 to further the printing business and in addition open a stationery shop which would house expensive art materials in fact there was a gentleman uh, who came from pakistan Uh, last year and he he said i'm coming after almost 50 years and he had this story wherein he said that uh, my grandfather would import this paper and that paper was exclusively kept for chuktai to paint on because he would only paint on that piece of paper so of course it was it was through this love for artists and people with the art minded uh, mindset 
that my grandfather kind of set up that space. And gradually, yes, as he printed these monograms and, like I said, the uh, exclusive art material, and many times the artists would not have a means to pay for these materials or for printing. So in return, they would just leave their work. So they would uh, just uh, thank him by, you know, presenting something. And that's how the collection started. And he was he would collect these works. And gradually that, yes, did take the shape of the first commercial art gallery in India. So Uday, I find that part particularly interesting because it wasn't really a commercial enterprise to begin with. It was perhaps born out of necessity. You, you have described your grandfather to be a very generous person. Uh, you know, this is something that Correct. I think has trickled through generations of the family and has seen the generosity uh, at various levels in the manner in which your, you know, the, your establishment offers patronage to the art community. I think it's been mutual, like while I, I mean, uh, we do take pride in the fact that we've always had a soft corner towards artists, whoever did need any kind of help and we've been there. But at the same time, like the love and everything that uh, we've received is also thanks to the artist community and their work. So I think it's been a mutual journey that ways. I'd like to bring back what I had mentioned uh, when we started this conversation, that of uh, my foray into, into formal collecting, as it were. You speak of, um, you know, there being a sort of mutual admiration of sorts between you, the establishment and the, and the art community. I, as someone who uh, was perhaps a you know, young boy, I think was 15 or 16 years old when I walked into your gallery, I had grown right. up in the art world. I was familiar with the nuances of art, but I'd never really looked at it as a commercial commodity. So I was yeah. a little sort of, you know, tentative in how I was going to take the step. I actually had no real inclination of uh, buying anything. But I saw a picture on a wall which really sort of spoke to me, and uh, yeah. and and the generosity that I referred to, uh, I, I I I take reference from the way your mother, who was who was at the gallery at the time, Mrs. Jen, how she right. walked me through the, you know, the, the the details and the and the sensibilities and the sensitivity of the artist. Now yeah. that is not something that I was expecting, and I think that is what translated. And to me, as an art professional who went on to some kind of a a professional entity into place. I think those early interactions made a very big difference. Is that something that um, as a gallerist you have imbibed? I'm, I'm guessing as a young boy, you spent a fair amount of time in the gallery and you you observed your parents at, at work. Uh, how did that... Uh yeah, absolutely. Like that way is, of course, the art world at that point of time in the 70s and the 80s was more, more interaction based and more passion based than just transactions. Of course, the values are very different. So like today, when we talk of work selling in millions or crores, so of course, along with passion, it does need to have that structured and a, a concrete approach wherein people investing need to feel safe about their investments. But back in the day, of course, it was mostly about passions and collections. So I've seen my parents, like, you no know, people would come and they'll say that uh, we're only making this much in a month. So, but we want to buy art and there'll be these long drawn plans of like um, two years payment plans or three year payment plans where, you know, they'll just probably put in 500 a month to get a Sousa or to get a Swaminathan, which today their children would enjoy and it's gone up like from a 5,000 total value to maybe like 50 lakhs or a crore even. 
but at that time it was more out of passion and that ways my parents both i've seen them like they were very encouraging towards any new collectors or anyone who wanted to buy art they would just tell them that no just buy this work of art and you would not regret it you can pay as you like so yeah the interactions were kind of very important my mom even today for her to think of a work of art as just a work of art is very difficult we still have these regular fights on how nothing should be for sale and it should pass on from generations to generations which as a commercial gallery sometimes is a hard thing to follow but one does try to find a balance between um the sensibilities versus the commercial aspects you know you make a very important point there uh, that of nurturing young collectors now you know a number of uh, uh, listeners of this show are are you know collectors perhaps taking their first steps they're not even collectors they're perhaps like a 15 year old version of me walking into an art gallery or considering walking into a gallery for the first time the flexibility that you spoke of is that something that uh, that is still around if a young collector were to come and tell you uh, that they wanted to take a, a slightly longer term perspective in terms of being able to pay are you open to such kind of conversations is that something that uh, you know yeah absolutely i think today the auction market plays a big role and somehow that whole interaction has taken a bit of a backstage in backseat in the sense that even people as young collectors like i think it was bold of you also as a 15 year old to walk in and then like a psychotic suza talking to you in itself is quite evolved <laughs> but yeah like i mean uh, i i think which is where things like the india art fair and such platforms do play an important role because that gives a chance to a lot of young collectors to just walk in casually and go around the fair and see what kind of art they relate to uh because walking into private galleries these days can sometimes be a little intimidating because people feel maybe we are not welcome enough or we are not like if you're not doing the transaction then uh how do we go about it i personally from the period that i've grown up in i would always tell people that visit as many gallery galleries visit as many exhibitions as you can and eventually there will be a certain kind of art that speaks to you and go by that don't follow trends essentially don't follow see what grows on you the most so that is wonderful advice i think um, you know allowing the art collection to in in part be an extension of your personality is a very crucial facet and uh, from what i understand over there you know dhumimal uh, gallery continues to be a welcoming space uh which is which is always open for anyone who's interested in learning i mean the transactions may well follow but even if they do not uh there's always room for conversations and that's something that you welcome wholeheartedly uh yeah absolutely and like i said in the 70s and the 80s no like um, uh, of course uh, j swaminathan was uh, like between him and my father ravi jain they did form a great partnership which did encourage a lot of exchange both in the visual arts field as well as other creative arts like there were poetry sessions and there were classical dances and there were musical evenings and almost the whole generation of artists like a manjeet bawa or a arpita singh madhvi parekh vikash bhattacharji vivan sundaram like a lot of artists came to the fore under the mentorship of swaminathan at our gallery and had their first exhibitions there and it just became a place which was a very healthy exchange of views between artists between critics collectors would come in like on a any given day there could be a mrs gandhi as a sitting prime minister there with a, with 
an artist who's present and a critic. So that way, it was just a very interesting mix of people and of views that happened, which I feel is something that the current generation or the current scenario could do with. Because while I said there's a nice structured approach to everything, which enables the auction market and the prices to go up. But I feel that interaction somehow needs to come back where there's a healthy exchange of views, whether it's critical or positive or negative. But I think that exchange between artists, between critics, between the general public, I think that interaction needs to be encouraged like the older times. I hear you there. I mean, you know, the, the sentiment that uh, you've just shared is something that, um, that I've oftentimes, you know, thought about myself. Uh, you know, having grown up in an art ho- household myself, the element of conviviality between the community was a whole lot more evident. Uh, right. I think I think the the uh, immense value that is derived from just being able to sit in an informal capacity and yeah. exchange ideas and thoughts, it leads to so much more vibrance. So that's a point well taken. In this direction, as a gallerist, have you ever thought about reinstating, uh, you know, a forum of some nature of... of um, absolutely. Like, in fact, we've just renovated our space in CP, uh, which uh, you have visited, but yeah, not a lot of people have still got a chance because yes. of the COVID situation. But that was the plan uh, last year. And of course, this year also, once things settled down, uh, like even when the gallery started, there was this uh, there was this club of art-minded people formed called Kalakar. Yes. And what they would mostly do were these informal meetings, like I said, poetry readings, or like just discussions, just seminars on art, like you do excellent seminars yourself. So that is definitely a plan that uh, we will definitely do monthly or um, uh, like bi-monthly programs at the gallery, which could be anything like watching documentaries on an artist's life, something as basic as that, or discussion on a work of art, but just something which is interactive and which like a lot of common people can uh, relate to. Because I do feel that somewhere we do try to make Indian art very serious and very academic, whereas in the West, sometimes art has also played the role of being a fun thing or like being more vibrant. So I think that's something which the Indian art scene could do with, with no bringing in a bit more fun or bring in a bit more exchange, interactive kind of a nature to the art world. So that's definitely something which going forward is a plan of the gallery that no, we would have these monthly or bi-monthly events which are more interactive in their nature. In light of what you've just mentioned, I, I must say that the gallery is looking fantastic. The show that you're housing there presently uh, is also an absolute treat. I would urge anyone who's in Delhi and uh, is out and about to visit the space. Uday, why don't you tell us a little about the show that you've opened uh, at present? Uh, so, yeah, so we actually um, started with the Delhi Shilpi Chakra uh, show. It's called Revisiting the Delhi Shilpi Chakra 70 Years On. The main idea was that even uh, back in the 30s and the 40s, my grandfather had let out space to the Delhi Shilpi Chakra. Uh, Sanyal Saab was heading it at that point of time. And that's somehow how the gallery kind of got its form of having regular exhibitions and doing like transactions and just getting that gallery form. So you thought that'll be a nice way to kind of now uh, look back on that movement. And also now that we're kind of restarting with the renovated space or renewed energy, it'll be a nice way to start off. 
So of course, it houses works of uh, the eminent members of Delhi Shilpi chapter, which includes uh, B. C. Sanyal, K. S. Kulkarni, Satish Gujral, J. Swaminathan, Divyani Krishna, and there are lots of works which have been shown for the first time. Uh, a lot of these artists have not tasted as much commercial success. So they've not been seen in auctions or other places, but in terms of academic importance or historical importance, they're very, very relevant. And of course, that does give a chance to collectors or to art lovers to see these works at this space. Well, there it's a it's a it's a spectacular show, and you know, congratulations on you uh, to you and the team for putting it together. You reference sure. uh, you know artists who've not tasted too much commercial success, but are giants in their own right, and I think. There are several names in on the Indian firmament. Uh, you know, in fact, we're peppered very generously by several names who go beyond the two dozen that uh, are the forerunners at auction who need that absolute light. And I think this show really goes a long way in in sort of making that statement. It's also, in many ways, an interesting sort of you know coming full circle, as it were, for the gallery to almost go back to its roots. You know, absolutely, as you, as you sort of restart. So it's a very beautiful statement, and I I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, there one, uh, one, one point I'd like to talk about, which is when we look back at the history of the gallery, it's worked with, um, you know, a number of powerhouses, uh, Jamani Roy, um, you know, Souza, Selos Mukherjee, Juktai, Baba Sanyal. How much of a pressure was it for you? And this I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you as a gallerist, you know, there may be young promoters, there may be young you know, independent uh, gallerists in the making who are listening in, what advice would you have for them uh, to keep in mind? I mean, in your case, I think the pressure must have been crushing really to come in and say, listen, I need to step up, take on something which is already so well established. I always, uh, which is why I always keep emphasizing that whole, uh, the importance of an exchange of views from various segments. Like I think even with my parents, like, um, or like my father, who's, kind of had a major role to play in the development of modern Indian art. But he also had a huge, like a huge role was played by the artist community around him. Like along with, like I said, Jay Swaminathan or these critics always being present at the gallery, they would sit together. They would discuss that how in different parts of India or in Delhi, there's a young artist who deserves to be shown. And uh, one person, one artist would be designing each other's catalog. One person would be writing for each other. And like there was this very interesting incident told by one of the art critics that uh, Tayyab and Swaminathan were not the best of friends. But uh, one day, Swaminathan read this like a slightly critical critical analysis of Tayyab's work in a newspaper. And he wrote to the editor that, and next day he himself wrote an article praising Tayyab's work on how great an artist he was. And he made sure that that got published. So what I'm trying to get to is that healthy exchange is very beneficial for both the galleries as well as the artists, uh, which is something which I feel for any of us young gallerists um, is very important that we should try and engage in as much conversation or as much exchange with whether it be art critics, whether it be artists. Like today, it's very easy to just fall in, you know, like... Uh, undermine the value of these discussions and just say that, okay, we're trading in a value, a valuable work and buy a Raza or a Sousa at a good value and just sell it at a high value. But I feel if the art movement has to go forward and we need to kind of set up a new 
generation of artists as well as gallerists as well as collectors i think this exchange needs to come in wherein people are discussing with each other like i said it could be critical or positive but it should just happen that, uh, that certainly is a, is a very valuable point from point of view of uh, a commercial balance uh, you know you speak about how a dealership model of sorts has uh, come to rule the roost which feeds off the auction market and the you know available potential of being able to uh, trade works fair degree of rapidity you know for increasing numbers of um, uh, of increasingly higher values how um, how do you think that plays out when when you've got a somewhat of a hybrid model you know you've got a gallery running as well as a dealership practice how do you see these, these two sort of um, living so alongside so i think I think there is space for everything like as opposed to let's say five galleries or 10 galleries in Delhi in the 90s today we I think there was some survey in uh, like 2006 7 which said almost like 140 galleries in Delhi so I think I think every gallery needs to kind of understand their position and play their role like there would of course be newer galleries who of course would have to stick to the dealership model because they do not have that kind of stock that kind of legacy so for them the dealership model works well wherein they try and buy and sell these known names at a particular value before established galleries i do feel they do play a important role in trying to preserve this entire art movement and its practices wherein they will have their own lineup and they would always be working with fresher artists or newer artists and trying to imbibe that whole culture of people seeing exhibitions people understanding what kind of art do they react to so yeah i feel every gallery and every institution does play their own role like auction houses do a great job of setting the price benchmarks and getting the uh, market elements in this thing like uh, in uh, focus but uh, in terms of the older galleries or in terms of certain galleries i do feel there is space for them to have their lineup and carry on the gallery practices as they were and uh, is there is there anything exciting coming up in terms of the next lineup of talent at dhumimal is there something that we should be looking forward to over the next so that's definitely something which is on the which is like a focus of mine because uh, we've somehow been known for our collections and the masters but the contemporary lineup is something which i personally feel very strongly about so of course we do have this platform which is the ravi jain annual yes. wherein we give a uh, four scholarships and this year it'll be in its 29th year uh, and it's given us some very good artists over the years like hemraj or jr rana or sonia khurana there been there been now almost 120 artists and sculptors that have come through the ranks of the ravi jain memorial foundation but somewhere i do feel that we've not been active enough in times in terms of projecting them actively in in other words the ones who stayed themselves with the gallery have stayed but probably we've not made that much of an effort to reach out to them and 
be actively involved over the over the 20 years that this has been in progress so that is definitely something that i want to kind of revive and focus on starting this year 16 september is when we have that ravi jain annual every year on my father's birthday as a homage to him but i definitely want to put like the four five awardees from every year i want to put them more in focus and kind of lay more emphasis on uh, these new artists that come in through that process that's wonderful uh, there i think uh, you know the 29 years that you speak of i can i can only imagine uh, the sort of talent that has passed through the corridors of the gallery and i do look forward to seeing how this evolves primarily because i think contemporary art uh, is is always the most exciting for younger collectors you know art that's created in 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 the present time is what speaks to collectors of the time and yeah, absolutely. And also just in terms of you no, know, like how today, of course, the biggest dilemma or the biggest discussion point, of course, comes to provenance or the authenticity of artworks. I think as we start laying more and more emphasis on living artists and on contemporary art, I think even that will change because a lot of times a lot of newcomers get very demoralized that if any the only thing that is going to get noticed is like master's work. We might as well go that route or something. But I feel if their originality starts to get noticed and starts to get appreciated, I think in a big way. Uh, so yeah, like of course for the older collectors, it's difficult because they've already gone through that process and they've already got a collection in place from where it's difficult to start afresh. But for the younger collectors, I feel definitely they should lay emphasis on trying to find out what they react to and find out newer superstars or newer artists that they relate to and know they could grow with their practice that's wonderful uh, i'd like to um, i'd like to ask you for advice for the collector community as well as the promoter community because i think you're very sort of uh, finely attuned to both so if you if you had advice to give a collector on the scene uh, what what are the two, three, maybe four things that they should keep in mind when they come in and start uh, buying art or if they want to take their collection to the next level? <laughs> and the second part will come to after you respond to this. I think for collectors, like I said earlier also, I would encourage them to see as many galleries, as many exhibitions as they can. Today, like the art world might seem that it's in a lot of hurry and if they don't buy a work of art, it will disappear. But I do feel they can take their time they should, when something really haunts them is when they should actually go in for it. Also in terms of trends, like I said, they keep changing. So it's very important to have your own statement to to relate to the kind of art that you like. For example, today, not only in terms of styles, but also in terms of medium, there is there are lots of various mediums like installations or videos or photography even sculpture has evolved so in terms of both creativity as well as in terms of mediums there is a lot of variety today so i think people should uh, go about seeing as many exhibitions and not just blindly follow auction results or certain names that have come to their this thing and after, of course, they've shot, like they've seen various exhibitions and they've seen five or seven artists that they like or relate to. Out of those five, seven artists, of course, they could do a comparison as to what has been their work chart or what has been their progress or uh, where all they've been featured or which galleries they're represented by. So I think, but first, that whole 
think of them relating to the work of art or relating to the style of the artist is important okay so you have to be honest with yourself you have to you have to consider whether the artwork in whatever form or medium it might be whether it's speaking to you or not and you must absolutely put aside you know trends and and voices of the world uh, if you wish to build a collection that's an extension of you uh, would that would that be a fair summary uh yeah and eventually like i said of course you no know, since today there is considerable value that you're paying for an artwork so of course it cannot be all passion and like i said after you've shortlisted 5 10 artists that you like out of that you could always do a comparison in terms of their auction results or the galleries they're represented by but yeah that should come in at a later stage rather than the first stage as that being a starting point so point well taken i think the value of research the value of uh, doing your homework in terms of the financials i think it's essential i say this in a personal Absolutely. capacity because you know running an intelligence agency revolves all around uh, having a firm fix on the numbers and uh, and the merit of spending that on an artist so absolutely and you've been doing a great job of that so <laughs> thank thank you very much this brings me to the second part you know now that we've understood how a young buyer or a collector should navigate the space uh, what do you have to say to a young promoter there again like i said everybody will have to choose their space there is a space where you could uh, follow the dealership model and you could kind of uh, just uh, try and buy artworks through authentic sources at good values and try and just turn them around at auctions or to collectors mm-hmm. or you could always kind of have your lineup like somebody who comes to mind like uh, the mascara gallery in bombay it was for a, sh- a brief point of time but i think they had an excellent lineup of younger artists that they started out with mm. so of course that is sometimes a tougher path to choose because you're kind of starting from scratch and you're trying to build up artists which is never easy but i think that is a very individual choice like for example like a gallery like guild in bombay they've been always very strong with their own lineup which they promote and they've done very well with all these bombay boys from the 90s or even later so or even gallery spas they've had a very strong lineup of their own wherein they keep bringing in new, newer artists so even to newer newer uh, dealers or coming in uh, dealers i would say the same thing like choose your space there is of course the dealership model which is also important and which kind of always will remain important because for certain people at certain values that is what you can depend and depend on it does form the crux of the art market but at the same time there will always also be these uh, young galleries or young promoters who would believe in a certain lineup or a certain kind of art and they'll try and promote that so yeah it's about choosing your own space that ways that's wonderful i think uh, i think some some very interesting points were, uh, were brought to light here for the in conclusion the advice for a young artist how should a young artist navigate uh, this domain uh the most important thing again is not to blindly follow trends in fact like yesterday i was having this discussion with someone on how like nft is coming into uh the art domain and you no know, like how th- there's this whole discussion of how the physical artworks will be replicated by digital uh, presence 
so that's what I felt that no, like, um, of course, it's an excellent medium for like a artist in India to get international acceptance or to get international viewership. But it makes more sense for artists today to kind of formulate that kind of a style rather than a, like it'll be probably a tragedy to think of a Mona Lisa or a birth by Sousa being, no, like destroyed and just viewed digitally because it kind of has that thing going. But the newer artists could always adapt to certain trends. However, I do feel that every artist needs to, again, find their style. Like, no, it could be anything. It could be even something as traditional as portraits or miniatures. But I feel like for, uh, it's it's uh, it's quite amazing how many contemporary artists have actually drawn from miniature art. So that way, I do feel that every artist needs to find their style and don't follow trends blindly and don't see what sells. I think uh, stick to your strengths and what comes from within and um, yeah, try to kind of evolve always. Because I feel even with artists like Suza and Hussein, it's not like they were not commercial. Like obviously they did try very hard to sell their work or they would sell but th- that never dictated their art. Their art was what they wanted to do. And the commercial thing, of course, did come eventually, but it would never dictate what they would do. So I feel that's with younger artists as well. It will be a tough and a persistence, persistent road to take, but like stick to something which you believe in and what comes from within rather than blindly follow trends. If I were to sort of try and summarize that, uh, that thought the artist should not be chasing a sale. He should leave that, he or she should leave that to the gallerist, to the promoter. Uh, they'd much rather focus on chasing uh, them, you know, their signature and understanding what makes them unique and different. Uh, and that then will Correct. make them more sellable, perhaps. Correct. And also I feel that whole, uh, again, coming back to that 70s, 80s phase, I believe there was a very strong gallery artist relationship. Mm-hmm. There weren't so many official contracts, so to say, or there weren't so many yeah, official signings, but just uh, verbally or just like uh, somehow there was this connect between the gallery and the artist that the artist would stick to the gallery in terms of their representation and the gallery also in turn would kind of look after the artist's needs. So I think that kind of is something which is very important even in the modern day practice even more because we have so many galleries. So the artists that way should have uh, their representation exclusive with uh, no, like certain galleries, maybe in a country or at least in a city. I think the point that you make here Uday, is very important in terms of uh, commercial success. Artists in particular need to appreciate the value of having this one promoter who they trust with, uh, uh, with, with you know, uh, making a career for them while they sort of, you know, Absolutely. in their studio, you know, seek inspiration as and where required, but focus on their craft. Far too often you come across instances of artists whose works are available across channels in various, uh, you know, galleries, in various dealerships, on various websites. And uh, at different price points, they're available at various Absolutely. And, and that goes on to hurt their eventual uh, position. So the point that you made here, I think, is very valid. Uh, you know, for young artists, key really would be to find a partner in the commercial domain, you know, ideally a gallerist of some reckoning who, uh, who take on the responsibility of, uh, of promotion and making sure that exactly. you are seen by the right community. 
I think uh, Uday, you've shared uh, tremendous insights into into all realms of the domain, and for that, thank you. Uh, you know, we wish you all the very best uh, with uh, with with the show that's presently on and the future of the gallery. You know, years. Oh, thank you, Arvind. Always uh, good to chat on art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Looking forward to speaking to you soon, Uday. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Arvind. Artery conversations. So Kavya, I was thinking that the year 2020 was quite an interesting one for the Indian art market. Let's say if I had to ask you which artist caught your attention in the past year, what would you say to that? For me personally, it would be Amrita Shergill. Yeah, and why is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, the works by Amrita Shergill that were offered in 2020 they were different from what usually have what have come up at auction. Hmm. I think I agree. I mean, if we talk about, let's say, the work titled "Boys with Lemons" by her, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. So up until "Boys with Lemons" was sold, her works, especially at auction, were primarily female-centric. Hmm. And uh, "Boys with Lemons" is a canvas painted by Amrita in 1935 when she was in Shimla, and it depicts two boys: one who is bare-chested and wearing a dhoti. and he is seen carrying a basket on his head hmm right and uh, the other in stark contrast is dressed in a full sleeves white kurta he's wearing a white turban uh, there is a pink flower perched on his left ear he is carrying two lemons in his right hand so while of course the work is rendered in a signature style and is easily recognizable as a work by amrita shergill but it is quite different from the other works offered at auction because of the subject presented yeah i agree and talking about different works by her or rare paintings that sold in 2020 was a portrait of her husband victor egan and yeah. she painted this portrait as a parting gift to her husband's family you know after the couple's decision to move back to india from hungary in 1939 yes exactly so that makes it two unique rare paintings uh, by amrita that came up in auction in 2020 Yeah, and hopefully we get to see more such outstanding and rare works by the artist even in two thousand twenty-one. Yes, I hope so too. Now, if there's anything that you wanted to know about Indian art but have been too afraid to or haven't known whom to ask, look no further. We're right here at your beck and call. Send us an email on contact at artyindia dot com, and we'll get our friendly elves to start working on a suitable response to your question right away. Till you hear from us next, years wishing you all a very happy RT time. And as always, when you think art, think artery. <laughs>